0: Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury.
2: patronage
0: Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones.
2: Happy Brewers Outlet Day, everybody. Today's show is brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet. Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And yes, now they have slushies. How about that? Lots of six different flavors of slushies. Hmm. Perfect timing on six different flavors of slushies, isn't it? Absolutely. All right. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great, great new vehicle lines, and also plenty of outstanding pre-owned inventory. Lots of deals, interest rates are great. Sales staff, fabulous service department. Takes care of it every step of the way. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 to 15, in Humble's Orphan. Online at SunburyMotors.com. Uh, Sam Turchiti today from the Philadelphia Inquirer on the Flyers. We're playing Montreal game two. Uh, we're going to get into why they've been so good. We're going to do that 335 today. And I have to remind Matt that the king is on today
1: hey i'm locked and ready to go while also keeping dibs on the flyers game right now
2: yes we're all gonna get the same charquity here in a few minutes okay uh let's let's start with this uh dennis dodd and we had when we had dennis on the show was it the end of last week
1: I want to say, yeah, I, th- I think that sounds about right. It was about yeah. a week or so ago.
2: And so, as college football has tried to play through a pandemic, drastic changes await the sport's future. And Dennis always writes very thoughtful material. And in this Sports on CBSSports.com. He writes, whatever you thought of college athletics model, it has officially and permanently changed. The rules are being rewritten in real time. This week is ending with the, lar- with the largest schools in the nation's second most popular sport literally divided, whether to play in the fall or spring, for starters. They said it's become philosophical, medical, financial, and nobody knows who's even leading. Forget ripping the NCAA for a moment. When are we going to feel safe enough to feel that we can sit shoulder to shoulder with our neighbor in a 100,000-seat stadium again? And that's where that's a huge split, because I think if we were to sit down and we were to ask a group of people in the valley or across the state, there would be a a big slice that would say they'll never feel comfortable doing that again. There would also be a big slice that say I'd do it tomorrow. Is that fair, Matt? I think that's I think that's absolutely. I think there are people that would say, "There's no way I'm going to do it," and there's some people that say, would tell you they'd be they'd they'd walk into Beaver Stadium tomorrow. Well, you'd be you know squunched together. So what? So there's really I mean, you want to talk about two absolutely diverse attitudes about this. So Dennis Dodd writes, as of now, major college football is being played in two semesters. That endeavor itself may further stratify the sports power brokers. One of the reasons why, when I talked about some of my thoughts on spring semester football, see, I don't want to call it's not spring football, everybody, it's spring semester football. Now, depends on when in the spring semester you want to start it, but you're most certainly not going to, I don't think you going to start it Hey, first day of spring is uh, March 18th. Let's play March 20th. Uh, Whatever, it's going to start at some point that's officially winter, just like the sport officially ends in winter. Consider that if the Big Ten and Pac-12 aren't able to pull off the spring season of 21, they'll go 21 months without snapping a ball. That's assuming the 2021 season kicks off on time. The SEC, ACC, Big 12 are attempting to play on time in the fall, though starting a bit later. And as Dave Hunsinger yesterday from Oklahoma State told us, they're starting September 12th. Their first conference game is the 26th. Two-semester football might be the model for the future never been done before, but there's been a lot of talk about having split seasons anyway for the group of five, said Northern Illinois Athletic Director Sean Frazier. If there's some way to highlight what we do, this would be a great beta test. Will an attendance crisis lead to the construction of smaller boutique stadiums? Alright, let me get so I want to go to that one how many times have you heard me say on this show and I don't mean remodeling that any new stadium built to fit modern times I'm talking about new here I'm not talking about remodeling new stadium built or a ballpark or whatever fewer seats I've said that I have probably said that on this show Fifty or 60 different times over the years that looking forward you may see smaller stadiums I don't mean the existing ones being smaller I mean new ones being built that are smaller and Dennis goes on to write about athletic budgets and so forth How many of the 130 FBS teams will even be around down the road? That's the ugly truth carrying with it a lot of debt. During the pandemic, Georgia bragged about having $100 million in reserves. It's an outlier, which is true. It is. Jack Swarbrick of Notre Dame said we're going to lose institutions. We're going to have a number of member institutions that won't be involved in college education in three to four years. Iowa State Athletic Director Jamie Pollard put in a stark perspective what fall without football would mean. His athletic department he said would have $41 million in unfunded expenses without football. There's no doubt football's going to survive. There's no doubt basketball's going to survive. And of course, now you've got the idea of what are you going to do? Um, and of course, the Pac 12 players, of course, tried to unionize. Okay? And. no waivers, so member schools may not require student-athletes to waive their legal rights regarding COVID-19 as a condition of athletic participation. So that's not going to happen. The testing numbers continue to I mean, that's what's bizarre about this. The testing numbers continue to be great. We talked about Penn State. 94 tests, last 94 tests conducted, uh, zero. Zero positives. 560 total over, let's say they started June 13th, so in two months the test rate was 1.4% positive. 8 out of 560. Boston College, Chestnut Hill is just outside of Boston. Boston's been hard hit by all of this. All right. They had 792 tests conducted at B.C., One positive. One. Major League Baseball. See the latest Major League Baseball testing numbers again. No bubble, right? No bubble. Baseball's a mess. I told you baseball's not a mess. I've said how many times baseball is not a mess. Yeah, the Marlins were a mess. They're back. The Cardinals have been a mess. Yes. The other 28, no. Guess what the latest testing numbers are in Major League Baseball, Matt. 12,000 tests. How many positives? Care to venture a guess? 12,000 tests by Major League Baseball. How many positives in the recent... Which was put out today, by the way. How many positives?
1: It was just two, I believe, because there were another four.
2: Oh, four, four. right? All That's cardinals. Four. All cardinals. Four. Okay. Point zero three percent. Point zero three percent. Not three percent. Point zero three percent. Are you kidding me? That's a, that sports a mess. Eleven thousand, okay. 11,996 tests came back negative on a sport with no bubble out of 12,000, no bubble. Baseball's a mess. Really? Sounds like a disaster, doesn't it? No offense, but hey, let's go through here. Let's find that story. Here. Where's the story? Um... Uh, Cardinals have a revised schedule. That made it. Um, let's see. What else here happened? Um, Barcelona defender test positive for COVID-19, but not the fact that there were 11,996 out of 12,000 negative tw- tests in Major League Baseball? Yeah. I've I've gone through here I cannot find the story I had to look it up Washington Post by the way Barry uh, Cervega whom we've had on the show Barry's the one that wrote the story by the way that's who actually he's the journalist of the day like you know what I think I'm in the mood to do some work and did let's see let's go to ESPN.com MLB part even in the MLB part nope no story Really? There's no bubble in Major League Baseball. None. Same thing. MLS has been going along. They're out of the bubble now. They're playing regular season games. No issue. They have some issue, and they're actually and actually uh, Dallas. Dallas plays their uh, matches in Frisco. Uh, and they played Nashville the other night, they had fans. Not a lot, but they had fans. Nobody talks about this stuff. Nobody. I mean I'm just saying, nobody talks about this stuff. All right? I mean Cindy from Shimoka Dam's gonna tell me I'm all wet, but I'm only stating facts. Cindy, how are you today? It's so wonderful to hear from you.
3: I am wonderful, and I hope you are as well, Steve.
2: I'm doing, I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. I hope your family's doing well, too, Cindy. Seriously. Yes, we
3: are. Yes, we are. We wash our hands. We wear our masks. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is why I'm calling Steve. You're undermining an enormous effort with propaganda to terrorize the American people. With You're using facts. Steve, they don't want facts. They just want emotion. They just want to scare everybody to death. Whether that's rational or not is irrelevant. And out you come <laughs> with these facts. 12,000 tests, four people are sick. Not even sick. They just tested positive. I'm assuming they're all alive. You know, it, it just shows the disproportionate uh, propaganda that, you know, we all should hide under our beds because we're all going to die. It's just, it's irrational what's gone on. You know, in the beginning, they said, and I vividly recall this, and, and the hair stood up on the back of my neck, and my blood ran cold. They said, two million people will die. Two million people will die by August if we don't do these things. And by gum, the American people responded and they did all those things. And is it unfortunate that some people have died? Certainly. It's absolutely. certainly unfortunate.
2: Yes, absolutely.
3: I think it's hard. I, I question as a as a healthcare professional the deciding that all these people died of COVID. All these elderly people died of COVID, all these people with all kinds of other conditions who then caught COVID, who were already very sick to begin with. I think that's perhaps uh, inaccurate to assign them all to the COVID uh, issue as a death. But, Steve, when you come out with facts and reason, you're putting a real poking a big hole in the balloon of hey we're all going to die
2: I apologize for using facts
3: Steve (laughs) we don't want facts we just want hysteria and emotion and a lack of reason that's what will work here because frankly do you know when the facts will set in as soon as there's a new president then the whole tone of this is going to change dramatically mark my words thank you
2: Cindy, mark my words, we love hearing from you. Thank you so much. Appreciate that very, very much. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Uh, I'm going to quickly do something on myocarditis, and then we'll get to Sam Ciccini talking about the Philadelphia Flyers next half hour. What do you want?
0: Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones.
2: Great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by our good friends at Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. And on these hot days, you want a slushy. They have six different flavors of slushies. At Brewers Outlet. Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great pre owned inventory. Great deals to be had. Fabulous service department. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Roots, 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf uh, an element that has been brought up is myocarditis, that is the inflammation of the heart muscle weakens it uh, and that's been brought up and according to Big Ten chancellors, presidents they say there are 10 student athletes that have developed that condition through COVID All right, fair enough It is, you've heard about Eduardo Rodriguez, the left-handed pitcher for the Red Sox. That's what they feel he has. The healing process for myocarditis, or excuse me, myocarditis, my apologies, myocarditis, can be anywhere from three weeks to six months. A lot of elements cause myocarditis. COVID-19 absolutely is one as is the common cold, as is the flu, influenza A and B, as is hepatitis B and C, as is rubella, as is herpes, and also a cause of myocarditis is Lyme disease. Those are all causes of myocarditis. For example, Hank Gathers... And Reggie Lewis both passed away, gathers tragically on the court in 1990. And yes, they had weakening of heart muscle. Ask yourself how these 10 cases were found. These 10 cases were found by the medical professionals because they were on campus. That's how it was found. Because they are constantly being checked. That's how it was found. I don't understand why people don't bring this stuff up. I don't understand. It's so... uh, I feel like at times it is so simple to just say, oh, that's okay, we're done. When you got to take some time and look into it, okay? When I gave you the list just now of what causes it, and I started out with COVID-19. Remember, I started with that. Did you know that myocarditis was caused, can be caused by that list I just gave you? I mean, Matt, did you know it?
1: I did not know. We've been learning more and more about this the last few days ever since this really started to play a factor. i
2: have been learning more and more about it because I've taken the time to look. I checked out the Mayo Clinic website, and I checked out Johns Hopkins because I wanted to know more about it. I wanted to make sure when I got on the show, I knew what I was talking about. And again, how were these 10 cases found on, on these Big Ten campuses? They were found because these athletes obviously are getting great care. That's how it was found. That's how they found out. That's how they know they found out because of the medical professionals on these campuses. These people have been getting great care. Hasn't been one of the hey, just go back to work. Nope. That's how it's been found. See, the difference is I have great confidence in the medical professionals and i have great confidence in the young athletes women and men they obviously have listened to what these protocols are that's why the numbers are where they are talk so, about obviously in football they had not progressed to hitting yet but believe me you know when you're doing when you're doing practice at this point like helmets no pads what you don't think they're not face to face with each other you don't think that there's no... In other words, they do what's called tag-off. Tag-off means there is contact. It's not game contact, but you're right there with each other. Ah. Myocarditis can be caused by Lyme disease. It can be caused by hepatitis. It can be caused by herpes. It can be caused by the flu. It can be caused by the common cold. It can be caused by German measles. It can be you know and it obviously can be caused by COVID-19. Right? And it affects approximately 200,000 people a year. And like anything, can it be fatal? The flu can be fatal. So can this. But there is a recovery on it, and the recovery on myocarditis normally is in a three-week to six-month period. That's why when Eduardo Rodriguez, remember they were talking about with him, they were to see how he felt in three weeks. That's because that is considered to be the normal cycle of it. That's why you look for it in three weeks. How is he in three weeks? Right? That's why you talk about that. Okay? Fewer than 200 cases, fewer than 200,000 cases a year. And you need a lab test to look at it. Well, that's because these people are on campus and are well taken care of. If it's untreated, then you get a problem. All right. If it's untreated, you get a problem. But it can be treated. myocarditis even, I mean, like I said, normally three weeks, but sometimes it it clears up in a few days. So, okay, chest pain, rapid abnormal heart rhythm, shortness of breath, fluid retention, swelling in your legs, ankles, so forth, right? And there are treatments for it. Okay? There's treatment for it. They'll take an extra load off your heart. ACE inhibitors, calcium, diuretics. Right. Okay. So now when you hear that, you know more about it. I may not be a doctor. I am not trying to play one on the radio. Thus, I am consulting Mayo Clinic and Johns Hopkins and so forth and doing my reading there. We try to research the show for you. Sam Cardini joins us from the Philadelphia Inquirer on the Flyers. Let's get to some fun stuff. Hello, Sam. Hope you and yours are safe and sound.
0: Thanks, Steve. Everybody's good and uh, appreciate the invite. All
2: right. Hey, I think it's a great topic to, to discuss because the Philadelphia Flyers have been playing really well. What have you seen in the restart... Then it's followed into into the playoff series with Montreal. What have you seen where it looks like they picked up where they left off?
0: Yeah, they're playing very disciplined hockey. Uh, they're not opening it up. They're waiting for their chances, and they're capitalizing for the most part in their chances. And uh, but they still have that defense first mentality, and that's what wins playoff games. And and Carter Hart has been uh, excellent so far, and and Brian Elliott has been very good. Uh, you know, in in his one start, so. You know you put it all together uh, you know they're winning and they're winning without really getting a lot of offensive production from guys like Travis Connecty and Claude Giroux so to me that's a positive sign because you know those guys are going to get going and and uh, you know the power play has just one goal in four games so that really hasn't uh, been as prolific as it was in the regular season so uh, you know a lot of things to like but this Montreal team is not going to go away easily So I I think uh, it's going to be a tough series. I think the Flyers will win it, but I don't think it's going to be a pushover like a lot of people were saying before the series started.
2: And Montreal, I I mean, I know Claude Julien had to be hospitalized, so Kirk Muller's now running the team. But it looks to me like they decided on a style, Montreal, a change of style from the regular season where they're counterpunching. And it's worked for them. Because obviously you know, we watched them play in the in the Penguin series. What have you seen from Shea Weber, Price and those guys? Are you seeing the same thing?
0: Yeah, I think I think Shea Weber. You know, he looks like a different player. Yeah, he's uh, he's really revived his career. I think he just turned 35, and uh, you know he's playing like he's 28 again. And uh, you know he was throwing his body around. He leveled James Van like with one check. He he's uh, of course scored the goal and and is very active defensively. And and Carey Price uh, has played much better in in the postseason that he did in the regular season he had you know by carry price standards i think he'd be the first to tell you his his regular season was not very good that's right yeah. and and uh yeah. you know they have some good speed i think the one area the flyers can exploit uh is is the center position montreal's got some good fresh legs young legs but the flyers have a lot more experience and a lot more size down the middle so that that's going to be uh interesting to see how that plays out but uh uh, you know, in game one, uh, Montreal was right there. And if not for Carter Hart, the Flyers would be down in the series. So uh, uh, the Flyers, I think, will come out and play a better game today. Their second period was probably probably the worst period of the uh, four games they played in the postseason. And yet they, they still hung on and, and won the game. They, I think it was a real good sign they bounced back in the third period and really controlled the period. Montreal did have a couple good scoring chances late. But up until then, it was, it was primarily the Flyers period. So, so that was a real good sign.
2: All right, so Sam, let's, uh, when the Flyers won the Cup in back-to-back years in the 70s, it was backstop by Bernie Perron. Ron Hextall was brilliant when they made a couple of runs to the Stanley Cup final later. Now there's this kid Carter Hart. When you watch him, what should give Flyer fans the confidence that they can make a deep run because of him?
0: Yeah, well, I think the best thing I could say to that, Steve, is I talked to Bernie Perront, there's a story with Bernie Perant last week. Yeah. of course Bernie Bernie was uh, you know, not only a great goalie in flyers history, one of the greatest goalies in NHL history, he's a Hall of Famer and and his credentials speak for themselves. But he says that Carter Hart is much more advanced at this stage of his career than he was at at a similar age. So, you know, I think that's the best way to put it. And Bernie you know, wasn't just a, a player. He was a student of the game. He coached later on. He was a goalie coach. Yep. And uh, you know, when he says something like that, it it raises eyebrows. I mean, you know, we we see all the the physical tools that Carter Hart has. He's he's just razor sharp. He's very athletic. His movements are are really quick. Post to post but his mental preparation, I mean, you know, back when we could go into games and go into arenas, (laughs) you you would see him sitting in a seat before the game, a couple hours before the game, and he was just mentally visualizing, uh, you know, what was going to happen in the game. Uh, He's had a sports psychologist uh, who, who he's worked with since he's about 11 years old. So, you know, at that young age, he thought he was going to be an NHL player and he's been destined to be an NHL player, I think, since then. So in his mindset, he's just taking it step by step, and he has since he's since he's been a kid. So his mental makeup is really strong. You notice you know, he'll give up a goal, and, uh, you know, he's really unflappable. He'll come back out and, and make a great save. He, he doesn't usually let it bother him. So... You know, that's the best thing I can say about him. Not only does he have the physical tools, I think he has the mental makeup, and that's what you need as a goalie. Like Bernie will, Bernie will say the the mental part is probably uh, uh, more important than the physical part for a goalie. And I think uh, Carter Hart is. you know, ready for that challenge, and, and he's shown it this year.
2: And Sam, when it comes to the mental part, part of the part of that is something I think a lot of fans would not know. Although I think if you can listen in with no fans in in the seats, goalies that are really good communicate to their defense. They talk. They, I mean, the really good ones do. And it sounds like Carter Hart is one of those guys that understands how to communicate with the people in front, so that he's getting a clearer view of what's going on.
0: Yeah, no question about that. He is a good communicator. I think, you know, uh, the one negative I think, and he's getting better at this, is his stick handling. Oh, I yeah. Think the goal, <laughs> a, a big part of a goalie's game now is stick handling, yep. and uh, he's getting better at it. But that's that's one part. He'll he'll be the first to tell you that you know, he has to get a, even even better at it but uh, and we should also say Steve that the defense in front of him has played really well and not only the defense I mean the forwards guys like Konechny and Voracek who have not been known for their defensive play have really bought into uh at Elaine Vigneault's system, and they're coming back this year and and playing solid defense, and and you know all the forwards are really, and you really need that, especially at this time of the year, because you're going to have a lot of two-one, one-nothing, three-two games in the playoffs, and very rarely we have a, a wide-open game. We we had that when the Flyers was <laughs> played several right. years ago yes. in the playoffs, but that that was that was the exception and not the rule.
2: No question. Uh, What is uh, interesting, there are a lot of people that feel that the Phillies, this is a crazy year, obviously, but the Phillies are going to benefit by having the steady hand of a Joe Girardi in charge, as opposed to, to Kapler. What does Alan Vigneault mean to the Flyers, a coach that has that knows how to get at least to the finals like he did with Vancouver and is a veteran that's been around the block. What does he mean?
0: Yeah, I I think the number one thing he brings is accountability. And we've seen that right from the start. I mean, the first week he was here during the regular season, you know, he was benching players, he benched Bear. he didn't think he was playing well enough. Uh, he moved Voracek down from the top line to the third line and briefly to the fourth line. You know he doesn't care. You know how much you're making. Uh, he just cares how much you're performing, and uh, that's something that really wasn't here with Dave Haxtell. And uh, you know Haxtell came into a tough situation. Yep. Uh, you know I, I give Ron Haxtell credit for thinking outside the box and and you know trying somebody right out of college but it was clear, I think, by the second or third year that it really wasn't working. And uh, But the opposite is true with Vino. I think it took maybe a month for them to uh, adapt to his system, and since then, I mean, since November 1st, they've had the second-best record in the NHL, and since January 8th, they're tied for the best record in the NHL. So, you know, the Flyers, everybody talks about how well they played late in the season. They won nine of the last ten, and they have won four in a row in the In the postseason, but really, this started in November. They've been a a real—they've been an elite team since November, and uh, a lot of that is because of Vina. They bought into his system, and uh, I think Kevin Hayes was kind of a, a conduit to that too, if you will, because you know he he said openly when he signed with the flyers i'm talking about kevin hayes that the main reason he did was because of elaine Vino, and i think that kind of had an influence on the flyers uh you know hayes is a a real open gregarious guy and he's you know chatting all the time with his teammates and and i i think they picked his brain about the kind of person elaine was and and he knows firsthand because when he was with the rangers uh, you know both Elaine and Hayes. I'm talking about uh, Hayes was benched yeah. by by Vino, and and uh, you know he learned firsthand the the style A.V. had, and he, he he'll be the first to tell you too that that really helped him. You know it helped him focus, and and uh, he knew he had more to give, and and uh, you know so they have these informal conversations all the time, and because of that, I think the Flyers. Really grasped the system a lot earlier than normal. I mean, it, it, you talk about uh, the season started October fourth. By early November, they were they were you know playing like uh, they had played for Vino all all his life, and uh, Vino had said that it took the Rangers till Christmas before they were really you know in sync with him. Uh, his first year there, and as you mentioned, he he went to the Stanley Cup Finals, the Rangers, his first year. So, yeah. uh, he usually does take a little longer, but I think Kevin Hayes kind of sped up the process a little bit because he he knew Elaine. He played for him for four or five years with the Rangers, and and I think that really uh, was a played a big part in how the Flyers have adjusted to uh, Elaine being. And of course, they they obviously have his re- <laughs> they have his respect, and he has their respect, yeah. but. He's 10th, I think, in, in all time for uh, wins in NHL history. So his resume is uh, very, very impressive and speaks for itself as well.
2: Sam, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Uh, and great insights. as the Flyers are playing Montreal game two in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Sam Charcutian joining us from the Philadelphia Inquirer. All right, we'll take a break. Come back with more in a moment. I just want to remind Matt of something, um, which is pretty important. You know, the king's still on the show today.
1: Yes, I am ready, while being very disappointed in the Flyers right now. So, the game just started. Just slow down. Huh. I, I know. It, it was just an ugly first it, period. That's all. Is its it is 10 it nothing? 2 nothing. Not 10. No, you're right. I got time. First... I got you. I, gotcha. I know. I'm, I'm so, not falling so, so... off the rails.
2: It's also the first time they've been behind. That's since correct. The restart. Yes. We'll come back with more in a moment, brought to you by Brewers Outlet on News Radio ten seventy WKOK. There's still a lot of summer left, but time is running out to save on a new Kia from Sunbury Motors Kia. It's the summer sticker sales event at Sunbury Motors Kia. But you have to hurry in before these deals fade away like the summer sun. Sunbury Motors Kia offers you the low price promise on every new Kia on the lot. Just plus it. 2020 Kia Sorentos with up to $7,200 off. As low as $23,998. 2020 Kia Sportages with up to four dollars off. Starting at just $22,793. Plus, Sunbury Motors Kia will give you top trade in value for your current vehicle. Bring your trade, look for a sticker, and save. Remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. The Summer Sticker Sales Event at Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Savings include all applicable discounts and rebates, including Sunbury Motors Kia discount. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. For details, see dealer or go to kia.com.